Hey you guys, it is me, your sister, friend, cousin, daughter, next door neighbor, and homie, Lydia. Welcome back to the Reached Hangout. In today's episode, I am accompanied by another guest. He is my protector, he is my provider, he is my listener when I need somebody to listen to me, because not all the time, you know, you can pick up and call your friends and get the same advice I can get from him. And he is so much more than that. He is a man of few words, but people are always eager to listen when he does speak. Occasionally, I bring him up in conversation on the podcast, but today I decided, okay, I didn't decide he had to say yes. But after that yes, I was like, you know what, let me just give y'all that first-hand advice, that first-hand insight, if you know what I mean. Well, enough of the build-up and anticipation, because I know you like to sit down. So here it is. The guest with us today for our discussion is no other than my father, all right? Cleveland Trimble the third. Thank you so much for joining me today, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing good, baby. Thanks for inviting me. No problem, no problem. Thank you for just joining me on today's episode. So here at the Reach Hangout, we like our listeners to get comfortable and to feel safe telling their truth because at the end of the day, we all got our own stories. And in doing so, we encourage, you know, listeners and guests and hosts to have a beverage with you. If you want a little sneakity snack, you can get a little sneakity snack and a notepad or you can use your phone to jot down notes from the discussion to better ourselves now and for future reference. I try to stay consistent with bringing water on the podcast so I can be focused and not burp or make other noises in the microphone, if you get what I'm saying. But enough about me. Do you have a beverage of choice with you, Jay? No, it was kind of short, so I just came on as I am. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone is ready to get into today's topic, happy, hurting, and healing. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back, happy, hurting, and healing. And if you are not, please get there because we are. So if you are ready to begin, sir, let me know. I'm ready, ma'am. For some odd reason, growing into the best version of you puts you in a weirder phase in your life than before, where we are simultaneously happy, hurting, and healing at the same time. And yes, we can't afford to lose our to lose ourselves again to the negativity, draining energy, and distractions because we're too busy to fulfill our purpose, like we're too busy trying to become our best selves, though putting up those defenses can end up in a downward spiral, focusing on doing what's right and throwing quick bandages on inconveniences that may pop up along the way is just not right. Like, how can you say you are healing if you are avoiding all conflicts in your life? It sounds more like sheltering yourself from hurt (laughs) for me. Like, come on now, y'all, we got to do better. So to kick off the first question, to kick off this podcast episode, I have a question for you, Mr. Trimble. Mr. Trimble, my dad, you know, 
they know. But do you think, you know, we as people can grow without avoiding the inconveniences in our lives, such as the uncontrollable external factors? It could be internal, but I'm going to, you know, foreshadow it more on external factors, like your upbringing, your job restrictions, financial conflicts. Can we grow if we stop avoiding those things? Or do you think avoiding those things helps us grow in a more broader aspect? To make it plain and simple, you can't grow without controversy or unnecessary stuff that happens in your life. That is how that you grow. If you stay sheltered by yourself in a room, you cannot grow. You won't learn anything. You won't hear anything. It, it, it's just it's the circle of life. You have to go through all these things to make you stronger, to make you smarter, to make you better, to make you able to um, go from level to level in life. It's the way I see it. I think, you know, relieving those situations does put you in a state, like you said, of restriction. And you're walking on eggshells. Um, just trying to come out of a drastic situation can also take a toll on your mental. So I think a lot of times to avoid the whole strenuous ways of the mental, people do try to tiptoe around the problem because they just don't want to deal with nothing else. They don't want to deal with no more hurt. They ain't trying to heal no more for nothing else. It's like, I'm trying to stay in the state of happiness. And, you know, before coming to Orlando, my environment has always required me to be defensive, not to say it was internal in my home. Like I have to be defensive in my home, but it was like when dealing with like work discrimination, um, abuse and roundabout attacks from people on my morals and character because people were smiling your face, but low key be stabbing you in the back. Like those things. So letting my guard down wasn't an easy task for me. And it's honestly still not an easy task for me because I know point blank here. Sometimes I use the Bible to suit my purpose and the Bible tells us not to do that. But I use it to suit my purpose because I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, the Bible said trust no man. So that's where my defense comes from because I'm like, well, the Bible said not trust no man anyway. So it ain't going to be nothing wrong for me to have these defenses and these step backs from these people because lately I've been getting stabbed in the back and treated wrong anyway. So why not? And the other day, um, mom, she was like, I was just talking to her and she asked me this question. She was like, when was the last time you had to be defensive. When was that last time for you? And I was really over here, like, really thinking about it because I'm like, when was the last time I had to be defensive, like, to, you know, get people to understand, don't try my character because that's not who I am. And it, the, it was taking me so long to, like, comprehend and, like, give an answer. And then she said, well, hold up and let me just say this. It's okay for you to relax and let your guard down because you are safe here. The fact that it's taking you so long to figure out when have you been defensive means it's okay for you to relax and let your guard down and for you to be safe here. And basically telling me when I'm home, it's okay for me to breathe because when you become uptight for so long, it's like, are you really breathing? Like on your Apple Watch, you could be like doing so much all day long because you have one and then like out of the most erratic time of the day, it'd be like breathe. And it's like, well, am I not breathing? Because I'm so enclosed and I'm so tight and I'm like just waiting for the shoe to drop in every situation. I know that's a toxic trait to expect bad all the time, but it's like, in life, sometimes the bad outweigh the good, if I'm just being honest. But we try to be good about it. We try to, you know, say like, no, 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 be positive, be positive. But lately, the ratio, 
I'm just saying the ratio has been bad. And I'm not, and I know my dad is ready to input on this. So I'm gonna ask you, when did you realize you could let your defenses down? That was my first question, because it's a two part of them ask you this first question. When did you feel like it is okay for you to let your defense down? Well, number one, daughter, I never let my defense down. Okay. And the reason that is is your is my dad, your grandfather. Mm-hmm. was a military man and he always done things to, to make us sharp he he done things to keep us on our toes that, and you picked up that trait too mm-hmm. because you can tell when people come in your room when you're not home and take stuff out and don't bring it back or take it out do bring it back I have an OCD problem y'all so <laughs> I know the place it's supposed to be in but go ahead <laughs> but, but that, that is what he taught us he always talked anytime you see someone or see anything get a good look because that might be the only look that you have. So I take that and put that into life. And I just never let my guard down. Back when I was younger, back before I got saved and everything, you know, I used to talk a lot and do a lot of things, unsafely things. And uh, I never forget, I got off from work when I used to work at Popeye's. I got off from work 2.30 one Saturday morning. It was a guy hiding in the bushes with a pump shotgun. And he um, put me in my car and told, had me to drive around. He told me, I, I know all about you. You know, I know you got that 38 snub nose in the side pocket of the car. And you move for it, I'm going to blow your head off. And then he put me in the trunk of the car. He drove me around. I thought he was going to drive the car off in the ocean or whatever. And I'm in the bike praying, praying, praying. So he had let me out the car. And he, and he um, put the gun to the back of my head and told me to get on the ground. And he said, you count the 100 by one. You move up. You know, and as soon, I'm going to blow your head off. And I just started counting. Then I just heard the footsteps run away. Then I got up. And I, when I got up, he had to untuck my gun and all that stuff. But I said all that to say this. In life, ever since that situation happened, my guards stay up. I never will allow someone to get the drop on me. I'm always watching my surroundings, mm-hmm. you know, whenever I'm walking into a situation or whatever. So guards never down. I'm always up. I'm always ready and always prepared. I don't have to get ready if I'm already ready. So even, I'm, I'm going to get to the second question, but still staying on the first question. So even when your guard is up, so when you're around like your like us, like your children, your your wife and everything in those intimate moments, you say you still don't let your guard down, regardless if you're home or not, you still don't let your guard down because you want to stay ready just in case. Yeah. Okay, well, hey. Life can happen in a twinkling of an eye. We can be in the house having fun, watching TV, whatever. But idiot can kick the door in. You got to get ready for it. <laughs> you got, got in the house and got the drop on you. Okay, okay. I, yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. So when we sitting there watching TV or watching a movie or whatever, you, you'll notice my eyes always traveling all the way around the house. I'm watching every shadow. I'm listening to every little sound all around the house. I, I, I just try to be ready. But I want to find you not saying that my okay, I ain't gonna cap. Sometimes my guard be let down, but not even saying all that. I need I need to lift it up a little bit more. But y'all need to entangle yourselves with people who guard like that. Always listen to every little, you know. Okay, but to jump to the second question, it kind of feeds off the first question, even though you say you do not let your guard down. Um, just going, just maneuvering in life in general because you are my father, so you are older than me. You have more experiences. Thank God I have never been, you know, thrown in a trunk and a guy have a pistol to my head. But, um, shotgun. Well, shotgun. I'm sorry, shotgun. Correct me. <laughs> and, um, but when, 
so as you're maneuvering in life, not really putting your defenses down, what have you learned, though, in life as you have these defenses to keep your peace, to keep your protection, to keep that solid mind state? Because even though life can be sporadic, there also has to be a middle ground of you just to exhale, of you to just center and find yourself in a way. Well, um, hmm, that's a good question. Easy answer to that. It's God. Because, see, back, you know, after this incident happened with the shotgun or whatever, I think it was like a year or two later, I ended up turning my life over to Christ. And I told God, I said, God, I done ran with the devil 20-some years. Matter of fact, it was 25 years. And I said, God, I'm going to run with you totally for 25 years. And at the end of the 25 years, whichever one I like the best is the one I'm going to stick with. And after the 25 years, I'm still with God. He haven't disappointed. He always been there, always delivered me, always blessed me, you know, brought me out of stuff that I got into that shouldn't have been into. But God brought me out smelling like a rose. So it it, it was Christ, you know, it, and he teaches us and he talked to us. A lot of people say, well, God don't talk. Maybe you don't have anything to say to him. Pick up your Bible and read and, and meditate on the word or whatever. But, you know, it's like with my situation, you know, how you tell your listeners about, you know, my kidney um, failure, whatever. See, I have kidney failure, but kidney failure don't have me. Mm-hmm. It don't control my life. I go on and live my life. I, I, I cook, I clean, I, I go to work, I come home. If I want to do sports, I do sports. You know, I have it. It don't have me. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't control my life. It don't control my thoughts. I don't bring it up because it's nobody's business but being God. You know, I think about the Apostle Paul when he had that thorn in his side. He prayed, he prayed three times to ask God to remove it. And God said, my grace is sufficient. So what God was telling him, whether I remove it or not, you still going to be blessed and you still going to be able to go through and live your life the way you need to. And that's what I basically take from that. I mean, but a lot of times I think um, this is kind of off topic, but going off topic. I think we all sort of kind of give God that uh, when you're in your mess, you you be like, OK, God, I'm going to put you I'm going to put you on the spot now. I'm going to try you out, like, you know, like a little quick appetizer. Mm-hmm. If I don't like what this appetizer is, I'm going to send it back. But I think the moral of the story is that is not an appetizer. Like, you like, if you just give me all of you, I can show you how good I am. And I think a lot of times we can be iffy about it because when we're hurting, when we're trying to heal, when we're, like, in our mess and stuff like that. Because I have done some things that ain't pretty, and I'm just grateful that God protected me in those moments. And it's like... You don't have to be perfect. And I think a lot of times, you know, me talking to my friends or whoever, they're like, well, I'm not really in a position now to be talking to God and stuff like that. I'm like, that's when he wants you the most for you to like come and approach him and be like, God, this is who I am. Because y'all approach anybody else and be like, this is who I am. You got to like it or you don't. And I think when you approach God in a respectful way, number one, but if you approach God in that way, like, God, this is who I am. Can you, can you make me over? Can you make me over? And then God will show you, you know, how he can make you over in so many ways. But in life, you know, we try to create that security for ourselves to become comfortable, even though, like my dad said, he don't let his guard out. At the end of the day, he wants a comfortable lifestyle. Like he said, his kidney failure don't control him. And I think not just within kidney failure or anything in life, you shouldn't let 
no person, no circumstance in life control you because we all want to be comfortable. We all want to feel like we have this security to just do whatever. And, you know, in this comfortability, it does require us to lean into our truth a little bit more of what we expect moving forward and what we have learned from our past experiences, though continuing to maneuver towards a better outcome can be overwhelming. Because I'm not going to lie to y'all and say it's not overwhelming. Because the pressures of life consistently need to be put in check by talking to our feelings, by creating those affirmations and the adrenaline to power us through our new transformed life. Because like my father said previously, anytime you do something in life, it's always going to have a kit that There's always going to be something in the way. It, it's just life. And, you know, we tell ourselves as we're trying to maneuver in life because you knew, you do need to stay positive in a way because if you don't stay positive, it's like your spirit, your, your flesh, your everything becomes drained. It becomes weary. It becomes tired. So, you know, with those affirmations, we tell ourselves, like, you're not going to rule me. My emotions are not going to rule me. My emotions are not going to boss me around. I don't live by how I feel. And I especially don't live by what I see because I'm a faithful faithful person i believe in the faith and god that he's walking me in the way that i'm supposed to go by just following his word but like do you get what i'm saying that can you make a sense of that for the listeners <laughs> well i want to step back just for a quick second when you was talking about you know we ain't perfect this that no when, when when you read the bible the bible is written in two different languages in he hebrew and greek and the word perfect when you use it, you have to realize the word perfect derived from Hebrew, which means mature. Mm. So a lot of people don't, you know, really know and understand that when they read in the Bible and they see in perfect, 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 that's just saying mature. Okay, go when, ahead and teach it. When you come into Christ and the Bible talks about forgetting all the old things and learning everything new. If you forgetting everything old and starting with something new, then you have to stay into it and put everything you have into it in order to, like when we started beginning, to grow, mm -hmm. to heal. And uh, I just don't understand people, you know, getting life to crisis, all right, and, and don't do anything. What you put in it is what you're going to get out of it. It's just like exercising. If you don't jog, if you don't get on the treadmill, if you don't lift weights, if you don't eat right, if you don't stay away from the bad foods or whatever, whatever you put in your body is how your body going to treat you. Whatever you put into Christ and your salvation is what you're going to get in return. That's how I make sense of it. What I'm putting into my life, what I'm putting into my relationship, what I'm putting into my job, you know, what I'm putting into my friendship, what, I'm, what am I putting into my children? Because I got to lead them, the Bible tells me, well, for generation after generation after generation, I can't only leave them Christ. I got to leave them common sense. I got to teach them how to provide for themselves and to teach them how to be the best person they can be. As I always say, nobody can beat me being me because I'm the best me that I can be. Well, yeah, you know, like we have to put in those factors, like you said, and and. And I think, like I said earlier, we be looking for that drastic shift, that drastic change, that drastic everything. But I think I was talking to my dad about it the other day. Um, a lot of 
the stories in the Bible, when people fail to realize, they think it, it happened so quick. Them people was living in sorrow. Them people was living in turmoil for years. Them people was experiencing stuff for years. And I think the current day and age and time that we're living in, we everything moves so fast. So when we pray to God and it's not moving as fast as we used to, we think he's not answering us. We think he's not doing nothing behind the scenes. But at the end of the day, he's doing it. It just takes time. So then it's like, okay, well, God, if I know this is going to take time, what do I need to do leaning into that while it's taking that time? And, you know, these awkward phases, you know, make us feel like we're in puberty. Like, if I'm just keeping it a buck, like, we know our bodies, we know situations are making drastic changes, but we still don't know how to handle it. We still don't know what we're doing. Like, I'm pretty sure when your voice first turned deep, you wasn't like, oh, I don't know how to use this voice. You were still riveting because it was going in and out and in and out. And, and you know, with women, with our bodies, when we start getting them boom, boom, pounds, and we like, I don't really know how to use this. And blah, 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 blah. you know, so it's like we're confused. But I just believe we just need to take it step by step. I think no one really has the gatekeep answer. So what do you do while you're in a phase of happy, hurting, and healing? That's just like when you experience loss in your life. You don't know how to do it. You don't know what to feel. You don't know how to feel. You don't know the steps that you're taking. But I think it's like step by step, second by second, move by move. Like... As I'm learning to grow within myself, maybe God somehow will give me the connection that I need to just better myself in life if I just take it step by step. And as you are taking it by step and figuring out ways that works for you, maybe all of us, like not just at the reach hangout, but all of us in the world will say, hey, I tried this in this situation and it worked for me. And we can all sort of kind of build a cheat sheet in a way because I'm over here like I need some help. You know what I'm saying? Like acknowledging that there is a silver lining to all of the madness that we are enduring overall, considering ourselves on peace and continue to doing what makes you happy. Continue to doing what fulfills your purpose. Continue to, to just not give up because I think a lot of times in life, when we hear bad news or good news or whatever, if it's not fitting in the category that we wanted to fit in, we just be like, man, and we just, you know, shake it off and move in another direction. And sometimes God's like, I didn't tell you to move. Just because you heard that, that didn't mean to move. That means you need to stay continue what you're doing because there will always be a little bit of backlash. There will always be a little bit of stuff hitting the ceiling when you're trying to walk in God's purpose because not everybody sees the purpose that you're walking into, but God sees and you see, and that's all that matters. So in the midst of you happy, hurting, and healing, and everything else under the sun, we have to remember that that. I always tell my friends, even when they're going through it, I'm like, I know this may not make you feel better now because it's like, bro, are you kidding me? But I always tell them pain is temporary. Pain is always temporary. Happiness is eternal. You have to always think not everything in my life will be crap always. I know I said it earlier, like the ratio seems more mess than good. But when you do receive that goodness within that mess, it does give you that hope. It does give you that that this world, that whatever they got going on right now is not going to control your life. And at the end of the day, I always say this, when stuff be hitting the ceiling and the world be moving crazy, I'm like, but God, you said that man is not going to destroy your earth before you return, after you return, nothing like that. That all pertains to you. So no matter what these people on this 
earth ain't they finna do they ain't doing nothing because i know that god said in his word that he's gonna cover his believers he's gonna cover the people that wants righteousness he's gonna cover those who want the best and the right things for their life. And he's going to continue to feed into our lives, continue to bless us, continue to show us, you know, the goodness. And we just have to be, you know, okay with that. Okay. I want to say um, one thing. Well, a few things right quick. A thousand years is like one day unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. And one day is like a thousand years. So if you break that down, if one day to God, is like a thousand years. When you pray, you want something to happen right then. That's just a few seconds after God done receive your prayer. So you think about that one day to a thousand years, a thousand years like one day. And then they, they, they correct you on the earlier part. The bad don't always outweigh the good. Good outweighs the bad all the time. That's why we have Christ in our life. That's true. Just remember that good is out, always going to outweigh the bad. And it's a step-by-step process. With things happening in your life, it's back to your healing and all that other stuff. It helps you to grow. God have your best intentions at heart and at mind. When you're going through this death, this loss, this loss of job, you know, you want to kill yourself and going through depression and all this, all this has happened so God can send someone there to be like a silver lining. Because every time somebody's getting ready to do something, as we always say, God have a ram in the bush. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be somebody or something come across you to make you do like a city hall. You say, hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, with, with, with all this crazy stuff going on in the world today, it's always God first. Um, remember one day is like a thousand years, but everything's happened. It happens for your good. God allowed this to happen to make you smarter, not to fall back into those type of situations ever again. That's why you go from faith to faith to faith, which is level to level to level. You ain't going to fall for something that you fell for yesterday, today. At least I hope not. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Like we just, but I'm, I was just saying, like yes, bad doesn't always outrule good, but it feels as it, it feels that way. But, but good is always trying. Yeah, good, good is always even in the little things. You know, I always um, say praise God in the little because you don't even know what what big He's about to transfer you to. And it's like you know when people. On social media, like they'll do them tests on people. They're like, I just want to see if you'll be happy if I give you this thing and the whole entire time. They got like a million dollars in the back of the room or something like that, but the person freaking out over the little tiny gift. And it's like, that's, I'm not saying that's how God is, but it's like, maybe you praising him over that little thing that he just plopped in your hand leads you to that million dollars that's in the back room pushed up somewhere so we just don't know like i have to like even though sometimes i can't get upset and i can get frustrated with situations people whatever and i'm not saying i'm not perfect because i say this on here consistently i'm working through to be the best version of myself i never said i am i said we all trying to be the best version of ourselves and so as i'm transitioning those things i have to you know say 
God, you know, I'm just grateful for the little things. I'm grateful what you're progressing me to because um, even when I pray at night, I'm like, God, you know, forgive me of the things I did knowingly or unknowingly and of the things that I have done correct, God. Thank you for the improvement because like I always say on here, think about where you were a month ago. Think about where you were a year ago. Think about where you were a couple of months ago. You are not that same person. You are healing. You are transitioning yourself into a more happier state and and we just have to remember to not avoid the obstacles in our life but power through them and i know i say on here all the time you can talk a good game but when it happens do you really do it because sometimes i don't i'm just being ugly sometimes i don't i throw myself a pity party and then i have to shake myself and be like hold on wait a minute no this is not going to bring me any elevation this is not going to bring me growth this is just putting me more in a situation that i'm trying to get out of so we have to power through those situations and the reason because of that i just have learned when we try to avoid the elephant in the room when we try to avoid the problem in the room it doesn't make it go away you just keep circling around that issue until the issue forces you to address it itself because you can ignore something for so long until it gets to the point to where it says, all right, now you got to address me. I'm not going to hide no more. That's that saying when the dark stuff comes to the light, that's the dark coming to the light. So you might as well just get it out the way now versus trying to avoid it. And then it creeps back up on you and your present tense. And then you're trying to figure out, well, God, I thought you would have moved that. And God was like, no, you need to work through that. And that's on what, period. So, Dad, Mr. Tremel, do you have any add-ons before we close out today? Well, what I want to leave y'all with is uh, always put God first, you know, whether you save or unsaved, you know, our lives are predestined whether you believe it or not. And like I said, back when I wasn't saved and that ordeal happened to me where I had that shotgun to the back of my head, I was praying then, which I knew God knew eventually I was going to come in. But you don't have to have that type of situation now drastic situation that happened in your life to bring you to Christ. You can come on your own. And as far as you not being ready, you're never going to be ready. That's why the word said, come as you are. And just remember, when you come, put some work into it. You know, read your Bible. You know, study, meditate on God's words. Pray and ask God to send you to a church. You know, I know y'all say all oh, these preachers are breaking in money for themselves. But God will send you to the right pastor that will groom you, that will grow you, will teach you how to heal, they teach you how to expound in your everyday life. And I just pray the best for everyone that is listening to this reel right now. Amen. Okay, I know we're gonna sign out, but just to. Uh just hop off what you said because you you don't say read the bible more than once but what about not saying because not everybody on here is young but what about the people who i'm not trying to bash but this is true when i was not saved and i was trying to become saved people always say read the bible king james version is hard to read sometimes if i'm being completely honest so when you're telling us to read the bible can you give our listeners tools of what you mean when you say Read the Bible. Okay. Well, being a, a man of faith and, of course, an elder also, when when I first got my first Bible, I went to my bishop. He was like, you call this a Bible? And Bible? It, it was that little green Bible. It was something like that, that pink one over there. What it is, when I mean read the Bible, it's Bible's written in, oh, God, I don't know how many different um, ways, but 
I got the um, study Bible. Okay. And what the study Bible does, it breaks down the the year, the time, and everything that all of this happened. And then on top of that, I went to the Bible store and I got a concordance. And what that concordance do, that big red book that y'all sit on and everything. We don't sit on the concordance. Yes. Uh, Okay. That concordance that I have, it breaks down every word in the Bible and what it means. So it's like when you read Acts chapter two, when it talks about, um, and you should have power after the Holy Ghost had come upon you. That word power breaks down to the power that Jesus had when he got baptized. Then when the doves latched onto him, that was God basically giving him the power on earth. So that word power means dunamis. It's that miracle working power. It's that power that when, when you speak something, it just comes alive. You know, he said that when I leave you, I'm going to leave a comforter. Okay. So, you know, like I said, you, you have to, I don't want to sound like I'm preaching, but you, you just got to get the study Bible, you, you get the concordance, and, and as it breaks down the word to you, it comes to life. Mm-hmm. That's why I can speak things not as though they were. Okay. That's why if I want a blessing, I can speak a blessing and blessing will come to me. My seed is blessed. Everything that pertains to my name is blessed. No, he ain't just talking it. I promise you, he be walking around the house coming from his hand itching, and I'd be like, touch my hands too. Cause all right, baby, all right, all right. right. Lord, be blessed. He'll bless me too, God. Hallelujah. But yeah, <laughs> I do, <laughs> I do honestly think, um, just to trickle off what he said, like, don't just say, okay, because when I'm studying my word, I do try not to get used the internet. And the reason why I try my best not to, that don't mean I never use it, but I try my best not to because using the internet can bring a distraction, you know. Um, you get a notification. Like right now I'm recording off my phone. My phone done been like 50 million times about people liking and following and everything else. So it's like you have to get that paper copy Bible because it isolates you from all the other distractions and you can just focus. And, you know, when I want to really, really study my work, I put my phone do not disturb because I don't need any interferences because God could be telling me something good and I don't want to miss it because somebody's about to call me with some mess. And I'm just being completely honest because I be telling my dad this, don't nobody want me all day long until I decide to be productive, until I decide to say, let me open up my Bible real quick and study some word. So we have to make that disconnect so we can connect with God. All right. So, um, <laughs> enough with all that. Let's let's close it out because I know we've been on here for a minute. So I want to say thank you again, Mr. Trimble, my father, Elder Trimble, whatever you know, because I want to give respect to the title. Even I'm, though, I'm just daddy. Well, I thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. You honestly don't know how much it meant for me for you to just say yes because my parents. I always say this on here a like, lot. My parents are my biggest supporters um, overall, and. Not a lot of people can say that when they say God told me to leave working and do this and that. So I mean, some people look at you like you're stupid, but my parents have been supporting me and just giving me that, that conversation every single step of the way, anything I need, they bless my hands to do so. So I'm grateful that not only you said yes to come on my podcast, but you spoke life into me and said, yes, follow where God is taking you because it can only lead you to a greater way. Amen. Well, I know the listeners are just enjoyed this insight that was brought on today's episode and encouragement. 
So if you have enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like, follow, share your respectful thoughts in the comment section because we're here for it. And share slash tag a friend. And make sure your post notifications are turned on when the next episode drops. Now we have another guest in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Plus keep up with my YouTube channel called Lydia's Chronicles. All of my posts will be in the description box. But when you get on my YouTube, subscribe to your girl. Like and comment so I know that you found me. And I love you. God loves you. But other than that, this is your sister, friend, husband, next door neighbor, and homie Lydia. Signing off until we meet again. CS. We must remember the end game here is control. To be the best version of ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. With what? With God down. I love you, SBCs, and until we meet again, bye. And expect a blessing because you are connected with Lydia Christine Trimble. I'm out. Okay, bye, y'all.